Dariush Saudi, welcome to the Maz Hakim podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Maz. It's an it, honor to be here. It's such a pleasure to have you, Dariush. You have such a interesting journey. You moved to Dubai with just $700 in your pocket. Now you're a self-made multimillionaire. Uh, and uh, that didn't come without its own hardships. Can you tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. Um I owned health clubs in the UK, seven health clubs. I had a marketing company, several other businesses, around 600 staff worked for me. And, um, and at that time, my first wife became my best friend. Passion went out and uh, we used to come to Dubai. We had several properties and land. And then she found a partner and moved here. So I chose to look after my two children. Mm-hmm. And at that same time, I made my, met my current wife. Right. So she was in Spain. I was doing great financially. And one evening, my children from my first marriage were in the house with me. There was a knock on the door and um, I shouted them to answer the door. They, they couldn't hear me. I opened the door and four men broke into my house at knife point. And... Um, all I could remember was thinking, just don't know, the children shouldn't see this. That's yeah. all I could remember. Oh. And they wanted money. And um, I, being a salesman, I took myself out of it. I said, I'll give you the money tomorrow. They knew where the kids went to school. They, needed my, they knew my work address, everything. everything. So that night, I packed my bags, took them to the uh, hotel, and next morning, they flew them to the, uh, Dubai. So I lost my children. And then I never went back to the house. Um, I had a police escort, then drove from uh, Manchester all the way through uh, to Dover, the tunnel, France, Spain. In 48 hours, I arrived at Port of Benus, where I had three properties there. A mm. um, couple of weeks there, thinking, what the hell's just happened to me? Uh, all I can remember, the guy was saying, let me cut him, let him cut him. He was going to cut, oh my, cut my throat. It wow. was just horrible. But I wasn't, all I could think was, my daughter's room was next door. I was like, don't open the door to see, because that'll scar her forever forever yeah. and thank you god she never opened the door and um i got back and i had a heart attack and uh, whilst i was having a heart attack i was lying in the hospital bed looking at the ceiling thinking i actually have a really miserable life because the people i do business with they don't have the same values as me the employees that i have they're just in it for the money i don't like the weather in england it's raining all the time actually i'm not happy at all yeah. I'm just living this life because it provides a living standard. Mm-hmm. And I just made the decision that if I was going to survive, for whatever reason, September 2009, I was going to come to Dubai. To Dubai. Because I didn't want to die alone. I was crying, wow. but I wasn't crying about dying. It was really strange. I was like, if this is it, this is it, right? Bring it on. Yeah. Um, because I've had so many deaths in my family, I'm just kind of used to it. And then but I didn't want to die alone. That was the hardest thing. And I thought, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die with my family around me. So... Um, I recovered, obviously, and then told people that was very honest, told people that I was selling my business to move to Dubai, September 2009. Uh, a, a big group of companies came to buy my business. They paid me 10%. Uh, I paid, I was leveraged like any businesses. I paid the tax man. I paid the bank. They didn't pay me the 90%. They said, sue us. Um, and they knew I was, I was so honest, and I was going to hang around for years suing them, but I was going to miss out on my time with my family. So I just yeah. packed my bags and came here wow. went to Spain sold everything within the houses left my keys on the kitchen worked up and left because I knew I had to burn my boats otherwise I'll always be attached to Europe yeah and uh, so yeah I ended up with $750 in my pocket that's it that's it about a year ago year before I was buying Ferraris on TV 
my credit card and the program was called That's Rich. Yeah, wow. And they were flying the world documentary, they'd fly with me, they watch me buy properties in Spain. And then um, a year, over a year later, I'm, I'm living in a maid's room, uh, eating two coffees and a sugar donut a day. That was my diet for six months. Wow. Yeah. It's the biggest, best thing that ever happened to me, actually. You know, at the, when you're going through uh, your winters of your time, you don't realize that it's your best growth. Mm-hmm. It's the best time. At that time, you think, why me? Yeah. And then later on, you think, that's why it happened. Because if that hadn't happened, I'd probably still be living in England. Yeah. Paying taxes, living in the rain, being miserable. And now the sun shines every day. I don't pay taxes. And yeah. Life's beautiful. Uh, Rumi, the ancient poet, has a saying uh, that you have to keep breaking your heart until it opens. Yes. And these adversities and these hardships kind of shape the person that you are. If somebody is going through that now, they're going through financial issues, they have $750 in their pocket and they're in Dubai, how do you survive? Well, it's tough. Uh, my, I have lots of students. I spent about, actually, very, very strict of my time. I spent about 30 hours a month helping people for free because I never had that assistance and help. Yeah. And I called my, my followers gladiators. Yes. So I have this gladiator program. Mm-hmm. The first thing you need to do, to do is to document your goals. Visualize where you want to go in six months. Break that down into daily action, hour action, and then let that drive you. Because your surroundings will tell you that you're a failure. Your surroundings will tell you that you're no good. Nobody wants to do business with you. Mm-hmm. But what drives you is your hourly goals. Because I just knew if I did the right things at the right time and I delivered all of my promises, eventually I will succeed. This soon shall pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what I say is when you're down, you tend to hang around other people who are down. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I just knew I cu- my peer group was really important. Mm-hmm. So the main room I lived in was on the palm. Yeah. Wow. So at the weekends, I played volleyball with the rich people. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I went to, for a coffee. I, I hanged around rich people. So we, they, I could listen to money. I could li- listen to abundance. I didn't allow my circumstances to take me down. Yeah. Do you uh, do any manifestation techniques? All the time. Yeah. Meditate all the time. I like silence, solitude, stillness. Um, you can meditate honestly, in the car park of the car before you go into the office for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Just align your goals where you want to be. Be very clear with your boundaries. Yeah. Um, and because when you have no money, you tend to sell your soul. Mm-hmm. And then you regret doing so later on. So I always say, never make a decision based on your current financial situation because yeah. you'll always regret it. Mm-hmm. Make a decision based on your values and your boundaries. Yeah. So now I'm very clear with my boundaries and my values. So for instance, punctuality is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, I was late today. It's fine. A couple of minutes is okay. This is your home, right? And I'm honored to be here. Um, just that even my clients tend to be billionaires, and they, I tell them, these are my values. Punctuality is one. If they two strikes and you're out. If they're late, I just fire them. I say, I value my time more than any money you could ever give me. Mm-hmm. You faced a lot of adversity in your life from mm-hmm. losing your father at a very young age to losing millions. How has overcoming these personal and professional battles influence the way that you do, uh, you go forward in life now? As far as I'm concerned, this is the only life we have. I haven't met anybody else from another universe, another planet, from the future, for the past, coming saying it's different, right? So you, you, life is a gift and you've got to make the most out of it. Um, 
sometimes you're cursed, sometimes you're blessed. It's how you see it, right? So if I hadn't had the death of my father, I wouldn't have appreciated life so much. Yeah. I, wouldn't have, I would have taken things for granted. Uh, I wouldn't have valued time. So I wouldn't have enjoyed every second of my life because it could be my last. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's cursed because I think about death a lot. Right. Right. Not my own death, but my loved ones. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens next and I care about them so much. So it's the way you see life, how you how you translate things, whether your cup is half full, half empty, or in my case, is overflowing. Mm -hmm. Right. So let your life be overflowing so you can help others, yeah. not just full. Mm -hmm. Because if it's full and you take some out, you're still going to have half empty cup, right? So yeah. let your life be overflowing. So that's my motto. Mm -hmm. And um, and then something else I realize is that I don't think about the past much. Right. Because if I did, I shouldn't be sitting here. I'll be hanging myself somewhere. So I just think, what's a lesson to learn from this? It's really painful. Live with an open heart. Because the worst thing, it's all, ultimately it's all about love. Yeah acceptance mm -hmm. and love ultimately if you think about it it's all about acceptance and love mm -hmm. and what's the point of living a life with a with a with a closed heart yeah you know and it, yes you're right Rumi said it's going to get kicked it's going to get hurt but I'd rather live a life with an open heart than a closed one mm -hmm. so just ride it in my case I'm blessed that I don't think about the past too much yeah it was a lesson it's an experience like somebody says to me do you remember this girl used to work for you and she did this and she did that. And I go, no, actually, I don't remember any of those things she did. Yeah. Right? Because somewhere along the way, um, as a child, I'll just put the past behind me and move on. And move on. Mm. I think that's a really lovely motto, like the men in black little machine that we have <laughs> yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, to forget everything. So your journey, interestingly, you have worked in multiple jobs like a waiter, hotel, uh, oh, bellboy. I, oh, I have, wow, let me tell amazing. you. <laughs> Nobody's you, asked me that yeah, question really. before. So your journey includes... Uh, you were a waiter, hotel, bellboy. You even worked in a club yes. at one point. Can you share a little bit about those experiences oh, because man. I find them so interesting and how that shaped you in how you do business now? I think I didn't speak English when I spoke, when right. I was a waiter. Okay. Like, for instance, so, but what I've always done since you're 14 is work because I didn't have a father and I was taught this sense of responsibility of providing for my mom. So I always worked. Yeah. But... I learned how to not to treat people because I was really abused and, and, and uh, yeah, insulted as because somebody couldn't speak English at that time. Mm -hmm. So it would have been in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And like, I give you an example. Um, I didn't know the word sprouts. Okay. Okay. So I was serving vegetable at weddings and I had, for whatever reason, I had sprouts on my tray. So I'll go potatoes, carrots, and then I'll point to the sprouts. Right. And then um, somebody said, what, what are they? I was like, are you serious? You know they're sprouts. Yeah, yeah. So I said gooseberries, right? And all the staff laughed at me in front of everyone. And that hurt me so much, you know? And I thought, you know what? I'll always respect people because I was only 40, 15. And, you know, and the guy's working hard. He's new to the country. Why are you laughing at him? There was another time, a uh, funny story, when a gentleman, I, was, I always worked hard and I always cared for people. And the father of the bride came to me and gave me a 20 pound tip. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, buy yourself a drink, right? And I didn't know it's a tip. Okay. I li thought literally it's you buy mean. me a, a drink. Yeah. So I went back, I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so cute. And I went to the kitchen and I asked all my all my colleagues, said, anybody want to drink? Yeah. They said no. So I went to give this £20 back. Back. Right? Because I was mm-hmm. so naive, so naive, right? So I thought, learn English as soon as possible. Value yourself. Um, yeah, and then I was, I was a glass collector at a singles bar. That was interesting. And then I became a doorman. Um, it was just people, you know, meeting people, uh, learning things. I think the only downside is that I never had anybody teach me anything. Okay? Right. So I had to, things have taken twice as long to where I should be than a normal person. And uh, I wish there was no internet. There was no internet. It was just literally, I was God's trier. I, I always succeeded because I always worked the hardest. Yeah, right. So what I, what I say is if you work the hardest, you will succeed. Uh, how far, I don't know, but you will succeed. Yeah. If you're a salesperson, somebody will buy your rubbish because there's some idiot buyer out there. Mm-hmm. Just knock on enough doors. Yes. Okay. But along the way, keep polishing your skills, keep getting better, keep improving, keep learning. And now nobody's got any excuse because of the internet. Yeah, and ChatGPT and everything. Yeah, it's AI now. There's a huge opportunity with ChatGPT. Yeah. I'm just opening a whole division on ChatGPT. Wow. It's incredible. There's so Mm. much wealth out there. Absolutely. To be made. So you mentioned you didn't have anybody who sort of guided you through anything. Do you think mentors are important? All the time. All the time. What I learned is I've never really had mentors, but along the way, there's, I don't think there's ever a mentor who ticks all your boxes. Yeah. So what you have to have to have is many mentors that tick certain boxes that you're looking for, like spirituality, literature, finance, yeah. that type. So seek it, and if they don't, if you don't have it, just pretend. If they if they were there, what would they say? So a lot of times when I was out there trading and selling and selling my soul for money, a lot of times I came out and I thought, if my children were here, would they be proud of me or not? Mm-hmm. Did I behave in such a certain way that my children would be proud of me? So in, in a certain way, the answers are all within. Yeah. It's the questions you ask. Mm-hmm. So my behavior was judged by, if my children were here, would they be proud of me? Yeah. Did I speak the right language? If Richard Branson won his scenario, what would he say? Yeah. You know, so the answers are there. It's just that most of us don't think we don't ask the right questions of mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So 100% mentors are important. So if your life was a roller coaster, what is, is a roller coaster? <laughs> if your life was a roller coaster, uh, what would be the highest high and the lowest low? Highest high is when you're surrounded with people who love you unconditionally. That's the highest high. And you can put your head on that pillow and go, thank you, God. It couldn't get any better. Now, that doesn't mean money in the bank. Yeah. It means that you have served people. You've done something right that people love you for mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. That's the highest high. The lowest low is when your family disown you and they see you as a loser. Yeah. And you've got nobody there but yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got to kick your own ass. You've got to kick your own self. You've got to keep yourself motivated. It's hard. Really, really hard. Yeah. And you don't have money to eat. You don't have money to drink. And you have three kids who've not been to school for six months. Wow. And they look at you every day when you come home and say, Dad, <laughs> Dad. Yeah, that's hard. That's really, really hard. How do you recover from something like that? I mean, are you always a little bit cautious in life or do you just move on from... Um, that. I always thought I was like 
headless chicken. I'll jump in and then, I'll, you know, they say jump off the cliff and learn how to build a plane on the way down. Yeah. I, I had, then I went to Tony Robbins' seminar and there was a game. And Tony says that the way you play the game is the way you live life. Okay. Really interesting. Because mm -hmm. I used to play squash and I could tell people the way they would behave, the way they played squash. If they, they, they cheat, they show shortcuts, they have tantrums. So I could judge the way they were. Mm -hmm. So in this game, Tony's, um, the game was five minutes. It happened, it finished, and I was on the outside going, what, what, what went on? Yes. And then I realized I'm a kind of guy often waits to see the, the rules before he jumps in. Mm -hmm. I'm fearless. I don't have a fear about failing. But I think what I need to know is all the rules first. And often I could miss an opportunity because often you don't have to know all the rules. Yeah. Okay. But I don't have a fear of losing anything mm -hmm. because I know I'll get it back. Money's energy. You put the energy out. If I can pick up the call now through my reputation, whether good or bad, mm -hmm. I can raise $10 million in, in half an hour. Wow. On my word, people will say, I trust you. Here's the money. Mm -hmm. And that's everything. Yeah. I love that you said money is energy because I'm all about that. I think money, w when you have an abundant mindset, then you just realize it's just a commodity. It's just, you know, it's it just is. energy. What energy are you putting out there? What kind yeah. of conversations you're having about money? Yeah. Unfortunately, money is something like uh, it's a trigger like religion, yeah. like um, politics, mm -hmm. death. And it's sad because... Why is it that Elon Musk has got $300 billion and most people haven't got anything? It's just yeah. that uh, I, I help people make money. Okay. And what is unfortunate is that the moment they make money, they stop contacting me. You know why? Because they think money is limited. They think if I'm making it now, it, it, this pie is only this size. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And there's so many slices to it. But they don't realize that everybody can be rich. Mm -hmm. And that's what hurts me sometimes. I think, yeah. you know, I've helped you. I know you're doing really well. You're reinvesting in this investment I told you about. Why can't you just tell me and say thanks? Or it worked and you're doing really well. But I do it discreetly. Yeah. I always find out. But just why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? So energy is everything. Does business uh, make you into a shark? Like, do you have to be a shark in business? You have to be competitive. Right. But then here's the thing. If you want to be a, you know, you see um, The Apprentice. Do you watch The Apprentice? Yes. Donald Trump yeah. and uh, yeah. Sir um, Amstrad, uh, yes. Alan Sugar. Yes, right? yes, yes. They're not a good representation of business because to get to the top, you have to kill the other person or uh, demoralize them or talk behind their back or gang up against them. Mm -hmm. That's not a good environment. The way I see that, if you want to be Usain Bolt, just work on your lane. Yeah. You work on being the most valuable employee, the most valuable part of that business, mm -hmm. and then make yourself irre irreplaceable. Yeah. Don't try to knock others to make yourself feel better. Absolutely. Right? So I think you have to be Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they're the most competitive human beings on the planet. Yeah. Because they want to be the richest men. Mm -hmm. They got money beyond our imagination, but they yeah. actually do want to be number one. Mm -hmm they actually want to be the richest man on the planet. Now, do they necessarily have to demoralize and kill somebody? Not necessarily, no. No, just focus on your path. Yeah, absolutely, I love that. So, uh, I read somewhere that you don't like the traditional methods of education. And is it because you're dyslexic? Is that 
or I did think, you, mm. yes so i read somewhere that you were dyslexic and you didn't like the traditional methods of education i love that because i think you're such an inspiration and what is your message to anyone in a similar situation i think in business you don't have to know everything to start it so you can always hire people who can be better than you yes so i don't need to read and write legal documents but i can hire a lawyer Yes. One thing I do know as a dyslexic, I, I know my numbers. So if you give me a spreadsheet, I can tell you in an instant where the profit of the business is, the mm-hmm. holes in the business are, so forth. What I can't bear is, if you're going to teach me to be a boxer, you better be Muhammad Ali. Yes. Okay? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to teach me how to be a fast runner, you better be Usain Bolt, right? Mm-hmm. Or you want to be uh, t- take my money, be a billionaire. Then I can look forward to something. Now, mm-hmm. I made lots of life coaches. And the first thing I said to him, why, why do you want to be my life coach? And I think coaches are important. Yeah. The first thing he said, because I fix my life. Just yeah. because you fix your life doesn't mean you can fix mine, right? <laughs> so where is your bar? Right? The, the question is, which bars are we setting ourselves? In school, all I'm, I was learning Latin. I was like, what, how is Latin going to serve me? Right? Religious studies. Yes, I need to, but I don't need to know only Christianity. Yes. Right? I need to know about spiritualism, Buddhism, Muslim, everything. I can make my own choice. Mm -hmm. So I think traditional education takes a little bit of that freedom away and gives you limited beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? So my son, two years ago, he's 15 now, three years ago, in a school project, they said, what what do you think is going to happen in 10 years? And he wrote flying cars. Mm -hmm. And the teacher told him off. So flying cars are never going to happen. You can't have the stupid dreams. And I, and I had a lump in my throat. And I can't go and co- complain to the teacher because he's got that teacher for the next nine months, right? Yeah, right. So he make his life hell. I just thought, you know, son, just don't listen. Just let it go through your ears. And flying cars are happening now. Oh, my gosh, they're happening. And, and also- I want to go to that teacher. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a flying car. <laughs> and, and also, it's, it just... Sometimes traditional methods of education, it all depends on how small or how big the teacher's vision is. Like, so she didn't believe it because she yes. personally just doesn't believe yes. it. And that's what and she's also, preaching. So some teachers, not, they can't generalize. Yeah. They're so unreasonable. They're so unreasonable. They yeah. push their age, their seniority. And in life, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, in, in the world out there, I can't come and kind of bully you because I'm a man. Yeah. It just yeah. cannot happen, or I'm older than you. Why is it okay at school? Why is it that they have to, the children, accept um, people who don't respect them because they're children, because of their, their position? Mm-hmm. And this cannot happen. They cannot get children brainwashed to accept that in later life. Yeah. Because the system brings you up to become an employee, pay your taxes, and die. Because so the super rich don't want you to have the new education, we want to have traditional education. Absolutely. We need the masses. We need the masses to, sorry to say, drive the buses, clean the toilets, uh, do the administrative work. Otherwise, the world won't go around. Yeah. But if you want to, one of my friends said, if you want to be super rich, right, that's why there's only two seats in a Ferrari, right? Love it, yeah. The super rich don't ride the bus. Mm-hmm. So it's a lonely place. What's your message to anyone who is thinking of delving into the entrepreneurial journey and being an entrepreneur? It's all about the amount of risk you can happily take. So if you're willing to take a lot of risk, you can be a good entrepreneur. At the same time, you have to work hard. Mm-hmm. So this business, I work on my business, not in my business. And I, I, I think about it. I don't work hard. It's, it's BS. 
You have to work hard and think. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to, if your quality of life is affected by the amount of risk you take, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Have some cushion, have some breathing space before you leave. But if you're going to leave, I'll jump. I jump and then I think, okay, then that was a bit of a silly yeah. decision. I've got to make it work. And I just yeah. make it happen. You burn your boats. A lot of people have a side business because you just don't have enough faith in themselves to quit. Yeah. And I think if you're not focused, you'll never make it big. Mm -hmm. And second thing is, and this is so critical, self-worth. People will pay you what you think you're worth. So work on your self-worth. Yeah. When I came here, I thought my self-worth was this big, it's tiny, and I thought, nobody's going to pay me this. Nobody. I was turning companies around, million-dollar companies, wow. multi-million, and I was getting paid peanuts. Years later, I'm doing the same thing with probably half the energy. I'm charging 50 times more than I was wow. before because my self-worth is what changed. Yeah. And how do you build your self-worth? If someone's listening and they're unsure of how to build their self-worth, what do you do? One, be honest with yourself. Kill the ego, uh, especially men. I would say 70 to 75% of my followers are women. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that because they're very honest with themselves. And women, they realize they're the minority, so they have to work harder. They stick to the system longer. Men, the ego blinds them. So kill the friggin' ego. Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> it means nothing. The ego no means nothing. Um, it's like these uh, men who have like really strong upper halves to go to the gym and you look at their legs and they've got chicken legs yeah. right? and they think women love them. And I'm like, no, women don't like that. It's just, <laughs> that's just your ego talking to you, right? So, so um, what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well, how do you build Men with chicken one? legs, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, that's a bit gone off, gone off west. Um, what, was the, what was the question? So how do you build self-worth? Yeah, self-worth is that first love yourself again, okay? And then say, I want to have, um, I don't know, half a million dollars in a bank. Break it down to so many months, so many weeks, so many hours in a day and say, right, this is what I have to earn. It's not negotiable. That's your self-worth. Yeah. If you look in your bank statement and you're not happy, that's how much you think you're worth. Mm -hmm. So kill the ego, be honest with yourself and work on it. Self-love is important. But don't, um, you know, people say, oh, I just have to repeat that I'm successful, I'm successful. I'm su but your subconscious mind says you're not. So slowly, I do that. I listen to affirmations. <laughs> yeah, but you know, affirmations like "I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich," and I don't have money to buy a car, right? So I'm like, "Where's my is, Ferrari?" <laughs> you're an idiot. You're an idiot, yeah. right? So, slowly, slowly, work one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And self-worth is destroyed through childhood. Yeah. When you're born, you walk, and everybody celebrates, and that's the last time anybody celebrates anything about you. You know, they expect yeah. you. 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 You break records. You do things. You move countries. And I mean, nobody tells you how amazing you are. Mm -hmm. But then you walk two steps when you're a child. Everybody celebrates. Yeah. Why can't I just continue celebrating? So what takes a lifetime to destroy is going to take time to build. Mm -hmm. Don't expect it so quickly. Yeah. You mentioned it's important to... And I apologize. Oh, yeah. That's Celebrate every step. Yes. Celebrate every step. I love that. It's important to, I think we, we genuinely forget to, other than birthdays, we don't celebrate ourselves. I've been on courses where people never had birthdays. Yeah, well. Personal development courses where the guy's like 38, in his family, they've never celebrated his birthday. Wow. Sad, isn't it? Very. And they have, we celebrate the birthday, the first one, age 38. Wow. So many, so many. It's things we take for granted. 
100%. If you live in if you live in gratitude, you never ever take anything for granted. You'll mm-hmm. always be happy. People say, "Why are you happy all the time?" It's not because I'm woke up happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a choice you make, right? Mm-hmm. And then I know when I'm happy, I upset people because it highlights something they don't like about themselves. Yeah. At first I used to wonder why, why I didn't speak to this person, why they like me, why they say bad things about me, why this, that's, you know what, stop caring. Because They're it's not projecting. about you, it's yeah. about them, mm-hmm. right? You mentioned uh, it's very important to take risks in life. Was there a risk that you took in life that led to a major be- breakthrough in your life? Because you take risks all the time. Um, there's good risk and bad risk. I'll give you an example. Somebody yeah. came to me. I had uh, somebody came to me eight years ago. I had eight hundred and twenty-four thousand dirhams in my account, and the guy came through a recommendation of a guy I didn't really respect. He was a client of mine. I didn't really particularly respect him. He came over to my office with his family, and he said, "Darish, uh, I have a company of a few hundred people. This body owes me money, and uh, if you lend me eight hundred thousand dirhams." I'll give you 10% returns in a month. He wrote me a check, gave me his house deed. And I thought, it's a good deed, I'll take the risk. Yeah. Okay, and my son came, dad, don't do it. Dad, don't do it. I said, son, look, I've got his house deed. Here's a check, here's the company, I've seen the contract. And um, I wrote the check. I even, I kind of bullied my son, and he hurts me to today, doing that. And then um, within five, 10 minutes of leaving the office, getting text message comes. I have 24,000 dirhams in my account. It took the 800,000 cash. Right. Uh, a month later, check bounces. I go to his house. He doesn't even, he sold the house. He just gave me a copy of the deed. And I call him even today. I say, hello. He goes, look, I'm too busy. Don't bother me. Wow. Yes, he's been jailed three times. And every single time his family turn up and they ask me to get him out of jail because he can't pay my 800,000. So I'm down about 1.1 million now. Fool me. So that's, you know, you take stupid risks. That was so stupid, and it hurts me to the day. And I'm sure he doesn't have any sleepless nights. Yeah. But for over seven years, that's hurt. And that's a risk I took stupidly. I, I was so blindsided. I saw the 10%, easy 10%. Yeah, right. Uh, and, then I, and then over anything else, I overrode my son. And there's other things, like you see chat GPT, okay? Um, I'll give you an example. I'll give you one example. Just now, recently, with no notice... Zero notice, Bean Sport has been disconnected with Etisalat. Oh, right. Okay? Okay. Probably, for whatever reason it is, Bean Sport will be disconnected end of this month with Do. There's probably 100,000 household people who want to watch the Premier League, Champions yeah. League football. They don't know what to do. If you Google it, there's no answer. Wow. There's a pain in the marketplace. So I'm speaking to Bean Sport now <laughs> wow. to provide. A solution for these over a hundred thousand people who've been just dropped. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a risk. It might work, it might not, but it's a risk. You see a pain in the market, we jump in. The 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 we're setting up a GP uh, a chat or content uh, company right now because mm-hmm. with Chat GPT you can write content, but unfortunately the content is very generic. Yeah. Okay, so we have a team of. Um, content writers, really senior content writers. We're going to go to companies and say, we'll do your newsletters, we'll do all your social media posts, we'll do every content you got on a regular basis and we'll charge you $1,000. And every single one is going to be approved by senior content writers. Why are they going to say no? So you have to find out where the market pain is 
and then provide the aspirin for it. Mm -hmm. So as an entrepreneur, you're constantly taking risks. At the same time, you take stupid risks. Learn from it, never do it again. Do I lend money to anyone? No. But learning to say no, because I like to say yes to everyone, yeah. <laughs> learning to say no was a skill. Yeah. Right? So now I say, hey, listen, you're a friend of mine. I actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I have the money. Mm -hmm. I, I can pay you 10 times over, but I'm not going to. Because every time I lend somebody money, they've, I've lost them as a friend. Yeah. And I cherish our friendship too much. So mm -hmm. good luck. Love that. Yeah. Tell me about this gladiator course that you yes. do. Yes. I'll give you an example. Where we're sitting right now, mm -hmm. I'm, in a, I'm in a vulnerable position. You're in a position of strength. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because you're facing the door. Okay, right. and this commotion happening behind me is a cor corridor, and so you interview me, and you fully focus, and I engage, and I honor you for that. If I was trying to sell you something, you would be distracted by what's happening behind me. Kim walking up and down, yes, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get sell my product and get your attention. So this goes back to caveman days, because if you lived in a cave, you'd be sitting there. At the end, looking at the entrance of the cave, because any animal or uh, intruder co come in, right? Come, so, yeah. so what you do is, automatically we have power positions, right? I have a huge interest in gladiators in Italy, and um, the average age of a gladiator's death was 23. They didn't average oh. age; it was okay. crazy. There were women gladiators, and. They were actually sex symbols. I don't know if you know that. They, yeah. they actually collected their sweat and sold it as aphrodisiacs and all oh, sorts right. of things. Yeah. Yes, That I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And they were like rock stars at the time. And the more people they entertained, the less likely they were to be killed. Because they didn't get killed every time. This and that isn't what happened. Yeah. So the more entertaining they were, they got richer, more successful, and a step closer to being uh, free. Because they were gladiators were slaves. And I thought, hang on a second. Aren't most of us slaves today? But yeah. instead of going in the marketplace and getting our head chopped off, we just get rejected every day. Yeah. And we just expect it to dust ourselves down, pick ourselves up, and go out there again. I'd rather have that death than this one, 100%. dying slowly. Mm -hmm. So how can I, and also I notice that people go on courses, they don't really get anything but certificates and motivation. But then they come back because they haven't got the skills, they can't continue what they learned to, to last them a lifetime. Absolutely. So what I did was I created a course based on s soft skills that I've learned over the last 50 years to mm -hmm. make me successful a few times lost and made it. And it's very easy to copy. You should have the motivation. It's not my job to motivate you, right? You should have the desire and the motivation to succeed. Yeah. My job as a teacher is teach you those simple skills to succeed in the arena we call life. Mm -hmm. So I teach gladiators, say, it's through repetition. Small skill sets, learn your defense, your offense, your strategy, everything has got to be strategized. Through repetition learning, you go into the arena with confidence and you should win more battles than lose. Mm -hmm. And then you eventually will be free. And that's how I came out with Gladiator Mask. Wow. What are the top three things someone can do now to be a gladiator in the ring called life? Okay. Um, repetition is key. Discipline is key. And discipline is boring. So what happened is too many people want to result straight away. So d decide that small actions have a massive impact in time and distance. It's like golf. Mm -hmm. One millimeter in time and distance could be 100 yards. That's like life. Yeah. So 
100%. Decide what your goals are. Six months goals. Goals change all the time. Mm -hmm. Break it down to small actions. And keep practicing until you become... Practice makes... Perfect. Permanent. Permanent, yeah. Because if you practice bad things, you become very good at bad things, yeah, right? Yeah. So keep practicing the right things so it becomes permanent in your life. Mm -hmm. And keep building those muscles. Look for areas where you, you have pain because that's where your growth is. Yeah. Okay, like those guys with the chicken legs. Mm -hmm. If I go into the gym and teach them how to work their legs, they're going to quit. Yeah. Okay, on the smallest weights because mm -hmm. they're very good at the upper half. So try to have, try to have more rounded skills. Mm -hmm. Go onto YouTube. Look at those skills and learn from people on, on YouTube for free. I've got two and a half thousand videos for free. Yesterday I was in Babel Champs. Yes. And I go through this because I'm not, I don't make money out of what I do. Uh, I've made my money. I don't have to work for a day rest of my life. What I do, I just try to help other people who were like me who didn't have help, right? Yeah. So this internal dialogue was, why am I doing this? Is it worth doing this? I could spend this amount. I spend about 100000 a month on helping people. Wow. Yes, why am I doing this? You know, I could go on to Maldives every twice, two weeks a year, yeah. two weeks a month, yeah. and live that most amazing life, right? So, I was having this dialogue with my wife, and we, we got a cart to take us to the restaurant. And the guy is the universe is amazing. The driver goes, I've been watching your videos. Oh. I said, Really? Okay. He goes, You know, I'm going through a winter of my life. My mom just died, my business gone bust, my daughter's just born, and we can't live. And your videos inspire me. Wow. And I'm thinking, did God, did you just send this guy here to As say a reminder. that? I should, yeah. 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 You know, uh, I recently read the book Ikagi, which is uh, all about how Japanese people live and how to live a long life. And it's all about practicing your... your um, motivation or your goal or what you're good at being in your purpose and one of the things in the book is how to live a long life is basically to never stop working in your own way to never stop you know doing what you love and I guess that's your purpose it's my purpose but I don't necessarily love it yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I tell you what when it comes to dealing with people most people disappoint you yeah unfortunately mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm learning to do things unconditionally Maybe I've done things conditionally when it hasn't been repaid back as a thank you or a love back, I got hurt. So my lesson is to do things unconditionally. Yeah. But most people do not, don't know what they love. You know, say, do what you're passionate about. Most people don't know what they're passionate about. I don't know, yeah. Right? And also it's a lot of conditioning, you know, and a lot of people are doing what they don't want to do, working for people they don't want to work with, doing the hours they don't want to put in, and they're not getting the return they want. It's just yes. rat race. Isn't it? Just break yeah. that conditioning. And we live in a world now, all the information in this universe and beyond is at the touch of a finger. We can just research anything. Mm -hmm. If you could go back to your younger self and give any advice, what would you give? I had a really tough childhood, really, really tough childhood, physical and mental abuse. Um, you know, I couldn't change anything. I really couldn't change anything. Um, I think I was very angry. I would have found a way to, because I would find, I, I was put in jail many times by the police. Yeah. Because I will find any reason to let this anger out and fight people. Fight in the street, fight the road rage. So I would have found a way to actually let this anger out, even through relationships, you know, mm -hmm. and it was destructive, this anger. 
So I would have found a way to let this, maybe through martial arts or certain type of business, to vent it out rather than just disperse it. Mm -hmm. That's what I probably would have. I've never had that answer, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I would have done. Right. All credit to you because I never dug so deep. You so. never dug so deep. So you you do martial arts now. You're a black belt. I w- oh, when I was 14. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I learned martial arts to stop the bullies. Right. Because I, I just couldn't quit. I couldn't come home and tell my mom I'm being bullied. She'll bully me. Yeah. She'll hit me. Yeah. She'll, yeah. So I just took it. And I actually really like my own space. And I think that's just because this is what I always did. I always went into my room, put the music on, close the doors, cry by myself, listen to the music, drown myself. I'm a thinker, yeah. and uh, and that's where I'm best. And next week I'm going to Maldives for a week by oh. myself. Yeah, the love most that. lonely yeah. guy <laughs> in Maldives. But you know, I'm actually can't wait. Yeah, because I feel at most power when I'm on my own. I'm, I can let my imagination think and create. Mm-hmm. So you're a motivational speaker now. You give a lot of advice. I'm sure you've received a lot of advice. What's the best piece of advice that you have received that you pass on now? Invest in learning and take action. Invest in yourself, yes? Invest in yourself. People spend more money on clothes, cars than they're doing in themselves. Yeah. And um, if you invest yourself, you're, you're limitless, right? So why, why have limits? And I do inspirational because I think I'm not motivational because motivation only lasts a few days. Yes. But if I share my story and it inspires someone, they tend to remember it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm different to anybody else because I've had the most roller coaster ride than anybody else, right? Yeah. So as far as I know. So people like the story. They get inspired. So I'm an inspirational speaker and teaching people skills like where to sit in a room. Yes. You know, how to shake hands with some simple little things. How to build likability and trust within 20 seconds, mm-hmm. right? I teach this stuff, and it has a massive impact on people's lives, and that ultimately inspires me. Yeah. Where can we hear more of your inspiring talks? Where can we follow you, oh, Darius? You're, you're a star. Um, Darius Sudi Official on mm-hmm. all of my platforms, or uh, Gladiator Mastery uh, courses or podcasts. And uh, anybody can DM me, follow me on social media, um, we're doing amazing things. I'm bringing a book out next week, wow. next month, beg your pardon. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. 12 Principles of the Modern Day Gladiator. Love it. Thank you so much. So, uh, yeah, beautiful journey. And you know what? If I hadn't had that heart attack, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you in beautiful Dubai, l- learning from you, engaging with you. I'm just, just blessed. So just beautiful. Blessed. Thank you so much, Darius. It's such a pleasure. Thank you very much. I salute you.